Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Hello there, Seeds Church. Glad to have you here with us today. We're glad to be with you right there wherever you're watching in your living room or wherever in the world you are. Today's May the 3rd. Right? So we're three days into May. Yay. All good. Warmer weather. Hope Sunshine. you're getting outside. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And so May 3 means that we passed May 1, which was <laughs> May the 1st. I don't know if you know this. It's May Day. Yes. It's a thing. I, I didn't know that growing up. I didn't uh, celebrate or observe May Day yeah. growing up. But Jamie, you did. I sure did. And, and May Day has become vastly one of my favorite days of the whole year. Growing up as a little girl, we used to make these really cute little May baskets and we would fill them with candy and all kinds of sweet things and, you know, choose wisely whose house we were going to because as the story goes, you would hang your May Day basket on their door, ring the doorbell or knock on the door and you'd run as fast as you could because if they caught you, they got to kiss you. Hence the reason you picked wisely whose house you hung the May basket on. So, um, A few years ago, May Day, um, the whole concept of it became super intriguing and fun to me, passing it on to my kids. And last May, we were in the barn for prayer on a Wednesday night and I realized that it was May 1st and that I had missed May Day. So I went over to my daughter and said, I cannot believe we missed May Day. Today's May Day. And she was bummed, I was bummed. We were like, well, we'll get it next year. And I walked back to where I was standing and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to lean into that for a minute. I want to talk to you about May Day. And so I stood there and he began to talk to me about what I thought he had said was that he had hung a May basket on my heart. And so I was like, well, that's really sweet. What a, what a great thing that he hung a May basket on my heart and he wants me to come and find him. So on those nights, we usually have open mics and I went up to the microphone and I was beginning to share this with our church that the Lord had hung a May basket on my heart. And as I said that out loud, I heard him inside of me say, that is not what I said. I, I stood there kind of frozen for a minute as he told me, you've hung a May basket on my heart. And that May basket isn't full of pretty things. It's actually full of shame and pain and hope deferred and unforgiveness. And then he said, You hung out on my heart, you rang my doorbell, and I'm gonna come and find you and kiss you because you're worth it. Well, I'm standing on this open mic in front of all these people and I just began to weep because I realized that there were some things that he was inviting me into, that he wanted me to know that he saw all these things that I was battling and wrestling with on the inside and that he wanted to bring healing to them and that he thought I was worth it. So May 1st, for me, not just marks this fun tradition of bringing people May baskets, but it also was the beginning of reconciliation in me with the Father on some things that I needed to deal with inside of my heart. And from that moment, when I stepped away from the microphone that night, I went back to where I was standing and I heard him say, we're gonna walk through some memories. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you out to the threshing floor is what he said. Come out to the threshing floor. I wanna dance with you. And he said, I'm, we're going to walk through some of these things that you need to deal with that are in that May basket. 
But he said, be reassured that with every memory we walk through, I'll have a May basket there for you. And I wanna encourage you this morning as we delve into this subject of forgiveness, that with every moment of forgiveness that you give, that you extend, you will find that there's a gift in it. And the gift isn't for the other person, but the gift is for you. But as we lean in this morning, we're gonna talk a little bit about some misconceptions that people believe forgiveness is or isn't. Right. You know, last week we talked about strong families forgive. Yeah. And uh, we specifically talked about the issue of forgiving yourself and how important that is and how in step and in line that is with God forgiving us and then God commanding us to forgive others. So um, we ought to forgive ourselves. And we read this passage in Ephesians 4 last week, and I want us to revisit again. Jamie, can you read that to us again? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Uh, it starts in verse 30, and it says, Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's right, and also... Uh, Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, very similar. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So strong families forgive. And so today we're going to focus on talking about forgiving others. And again, like you said, what are those roadblocks? What are those mental blocks? What are those misconceptions that we have about forgiveness that are keeping us from walking in forgiveness toward others? So we've made a list that we're going to go down today rather quickly. But if you want to reference back to them, we are going to reference some scriptures for you to look up on your own. But also we have a couple books here that we've been reading for quite a while, some of them. And then the other one this last year, um, this R.T. Kendall book called Total Forgiveness is unbelievably healing. It, it gives all of the information that we're speaking on today. A lot of it comes out of this book. Also, Fact Fiction Forgiveness by Jim Sears is another great book to reference when it comes to dealing with forgiveness and unforgiveness in your heart. Yeah. But when we lean into some of those misconceptions, um, I believe one of them that holds us back from forgiving people that have wronged us is because it feels like it's almost giving approval for what they did. That's the very first thing that I think of when I think of atrocities that have been done to me that like, well, if I forgive them, it means that I'm saying what you did is okay. Well, even Jesus himself, if we look back at the scripture that I read about the woman caught in adultery last week, at the very end of that whole encounter, he says to that woman, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she says, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. It was sin. What you did was sin. I don't approve of it, but I don't condemn you anymore. I forgive you, but I still take account that what you did wasn't right, but I release forgiveness of you. Right. Yeah, God doesn't approve of our sin. He hates sin. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're disobedient to the Lord. 
Um, he's not happy with them. They're now having to leave the garden and God chooses to clothe them. And he makes an animal sacrifice and gives them these animal skins to wear as clothing, which we know that animal sacrifice represents the sacrifice of Jesus, of whom which would come and bear the entire sins of the world in his, the sacrifice of his own body. And so God is not approving of our sin, but yet he chooses to forgive us. And all, you know, like you were talking about there in John chapter eight, Jesus was like, woman, I condemn you no more, but go and live the rest of your life and stop sinning. You know, I'm not approving. Don't keep doing this. So, uh, so approval, you know, forgiveness is not approval of what they did, but it's also not excusing yeah. what they did. You know, we don't point to circumstances in an attempt to explain away people's behavior. You know, there's a guy named Dr. Clyde Naramore, and he says that every person is worth understanding, but it doesn't mean we excuse their inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean like, well... You know, they had this reason, or they had that reason, or they grew up this way, or they were, have always been in this environment, and so these are th- these excuses for the inappropriate behavior. And so, forgiveness is not excusing what people did. In Numbers 14, Moses is leading the ch- children of Israel, the nation of Israel, through the desert to the promised land, and they are just grumbling and complaining, even though God delivered them out of slavery of Egypt, and he's provided for them step every step of the way through this. And they're just complaining and grumbling, and Moses is fed up with it, and God is fed up with it. And God says to Moses, okay, you know what? I'm done with these people. Let's wipe them off the face of the earth, and I'm going to start over with a new nation of people. And Moses is like, whoa, pump the brakes, God. <laughs> and, and Moses begins to appeal to the mercy of God. But, uh, and, and God forgave them, but it's not an excuse for what people have done. Right. Also, forgiveness is not justifying what people have done. Mm-hmm. Evil can never be justified. God doesn't ever look at something that's evil and say, that's right. right. He does not require us to do that either. Right. And so, yes, we are supposed to forgive, but we should never, in an attempt to do so, look at something that's wrong and say that that's right. right. So it's not justifying, it's not excusing. Yeah. Another misconception is that if you forgive someone, that you're pardoning them from what they've done. Well, what does pardoning mean? To pardon someone means that you let them off the hook for what they did. Well, for every action that happens on this earth, there is a consequence, good or bad. Right. And so, Saying, I forgive you, doesn't mean that you let them go from the consequence that it created. Meaning this, if someone is a rapist or a murderer or a child abuser, you can forgive them from your heart, but they're still going to have to stand trial and they're still going to have to suffer the consequences for the decisions that they made. Right. But forgiveness is not on them, it's on you to release forgiveness. Have you ever seen um, trials where families come in where one of their family members have been murdered or something has been done wrong and the family can come in and testify against that person? It's not that they're saying what, right. what you did didn't exist. We're letting you off the hook. What they're saying is, no, here's what happened. But they speak in such a way that they're not holding it against them anymore. They're saying, I, I forgive you. And you can see the mercy upon that yeah, family that beautiful. just says, I forgive you for hurting my family. 
but you still have to deal with what you've done. Right. Because there is a debt to society, you know, uh, that people do have to pay for those issues. And um, the society needs to be protected from people like right. that, you know, because, right. you know, you know, if someone's out there committing those kinds of crimes, they need to be locked up. Absolutely. But the people who are the victims of those crimes can still find the power to forgive them. Right. But that might mean you still have to go to court and testify. Yeah. But you don't have unforgiveness in your heart in doing so. Also, uh, one of the reasons that I think people refuse to forgive is they think that if I forgive that person, then I means I've got to be reconciled back to that person. <laughs> Have you, as a kid, I remember this being a thing where you got in a fight with someone in your life, like a friend, and your parents, both sets of parents would come together and say, you guys need to forgive each other and then be best friends again. And really, in your heart, you're like, I forgive you, but... I don't think we should be best friends again. Yeah. And I will say this, reconciliation is is the highest thing. It's the thing that God has done for us. He has forgiven us and he Jesus has reconciled us back to the Father. So it is the highest level of this yeah. and it's something that's desired, but it's not anything that can be forced. Jesus doesn't make us be reconciled back to the Father. He's provided a way for it and we come into agreement with it. And you can't make someone be reconciled back to yourself because that is something that takes two. Forgiveness takes one, but reconciliation takes two. And we can't make anybody do anything because there might be times where you've hurt someone and you need to go and ask for their forgiveness, but they don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. And there and might. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, in other times, it's just not wise. Yeah, sometimes it's not wise because. If someone has hurt you or hurt a loved one of yours that's caused hurt in you or offense in you, you can forgive them. You can release forgiveness toward them. But if they have had no change of heart, if they've had no change of behavior, Mm -hmm. if they are still out doing the crazy things that they are doing, then it's incredibly unwise for you to be reconciled back to them. But you absolutely have got to forgive them. Right. So reconciliation is not the same thing as forgiveness. Reconciliation is desired in lots and lots of cases. But in some cases, it's just not possible. Um, but forgiveness is always possible. Yeah. Forgiveness is always possible. Also, I believe another misconception that people have about forgiveness, another roadblock, is that... Um, They think, if I forgive that person, then I have to just kind of deny that that offense even took place. Or I have to turn a blind eye to it. Or I have to refuse that what happened to me hurt me as bad as it really did. And for various reasons, some people live in denial. They refuse to admit or come to terms with the reality of of that pain, of that bad situation. Because it is painful sometimes to face the facts of how bad something hurt. And, and sometimes denial is the easy way out. But it's not forgiving. Denying that it happened or refusing to you know, say that, well, that hurt me as bad as it did or turning a blind eye, that's not forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an easy way out, but it's a temporary way out. Right. It's, it seems easy in the moment but it will always come back to bite you 
Right. If you don't deal with it in the moment. True forgiveness or total forgiveness can only really happen when we come to terms with the reality. Mm-hmm. When we come to terms and say, okay, this really did happen. And this is the atrocity that it was. And this is how bad it hurt. And then you can actually move forward in forgiveness. Yeah. I think that leads right into another misconception that a lot of people have. And that is that if you forgive, it means you forget. So growing up, I was always told, or I had heard scriptures even misquoted that, well, Jesus, he, he forgives you and he forgets it. But that's not what the scripture says. It actually says that he chooses not to remember it anymore. And so he's not saying to you, if you forgive someone, you have to forget it. And that's like the barometer of whether you've forgiven them. Because I've forgiven a lot of people, but I remember what they did. Right, of course, because that's how your brain is yeah. designed. So it's when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you forget it. I also think that there's another part of this, another facet of this, that's so interesting to me, is that there are some times that things happen, trauma happens to people, and they do forget it. But it's not meaning that they have forgiven the person. And so um, I want right. to just a little bit of my testimony over this last year is that God has brought to my remembrance something that happened to me when I was a young girl. And we've we've dealt with it. And I have released forgiveness over this and have gone through some counseling over it. But what happened in that moment was I realized I always had these weird feelings about like this person and didn't want anything to do with them. But I didn't know why. And God, in his timing, which is amazing, brought it to the surface of what had happened. And when I had the opportunity to go put my feet back in the ground where it happened, God began to talk to me about it. And in that moment, I was able to release forgiveness towards him. Which brings me to another point. What do you do if the person that you need to forgive is no longer living? Forgiveness is about you, not about the other person. Right. So I want to say if the person that has done something to you that has caused harm and you feel like the spirit of God is bringing up in you right now, I need to forgive this person, but they're not alive anymore. It's not about that person. It's that you need to release forgiveness towards them from your heart. Yeah. So it's not forgetting it. It's not brushing it under the rug or pretending it's not there. And the other thing is, is that it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that you were hurt. Right. It's not pretending. Yeah, it's not like saying, oh, it didn't hurt at all. Um, It hurts. Yeah. It hurts when someone does something to you that's harmful. And we have permission to own the hurt. To everything, there's a season, it says. There's even a season to grieve and to mourn. And that comes along with that hurt. So I would say this, when someone has done something to you, and you're going through the process of trying to forgive them, you don't just brush the hurt away. Take that moment, sit in it, let it matter. Sit there and say, no, this hurts. Cry if you need to. <laughs> Whatever it is you need to deal with in that moment, but don't stay there. Right. The problem is, is that the enemy a lot of times will pull us into that hurt and it's impossible for us to relieve, release forgiveness towards the person who hurt us because we're stewing in the hurt. And so in that moment, you can own it. You can say, yes, that did hurt me, but you have to get up from that place and you have to say, but God, what do you say about this? And then you release forgiveness towards the person who's hurt you. 
one of the scriptures that comes to mind that I think people have a hard time with and they get a misconception about is in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, um, love holds no record of wrong. And so I think they, they think that, well, you know, because I remember this, then I'm holding a record of wrong and I'm not loving them uh, or I'm not forgiving them. But that's not the case. Uh, love holds no record of wrong doesn't mean that the memory is completely wiped out and that if you love that person or you forgive that person that you just you'll have no memory of that. That's just not the way that God designed our brains to work. And again, going back and stepping in line with what the scripture says, that it says that he, in Psalms, it says that he removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. And then in Hebrews, it says he chooses not to remember our sins against us any longer. It's not that the Bible doesn't say God's forgetful. He has amnesia. <laughs> And he totally doesn't remember. No, it says he chooses not to remember. And so when, when in 1 Corinthians 13 says love holds no record of wrong, it's saying that, you know what? It's not saying I completely for, uh, forgot that, that that memory's wiped away from my mind. You just saying, hold it above that person's I'm, Right. Anymore. I mean, how many times have you been in, in an argument with someone over something and something from the past gets drudged up? I never do that. I mean, seriously, this, I mean, it's happened to all of us that have any time. kind of meaningful relationship yeah. that you're in an argument and you bring up some past hurt that is yeah. maybe something that happened months years. ago or years ago. Well, that's holding a record of wrong. Yeah. And love says love does not hold a record of wrong. Forgiveness does not hold a record of wrong. You still might have that memory. And if pain comes up and you start feeling that bitterness and the anger and hatred and rage and resentment in your heart, then you go to the Lord. You say, Lord, I thought I had forgiven this person, but I still have these feelings. So I ask you to help me yeah. to forgive and release that person. Yeah. Right now, let's just go ahead and pray though. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us with these misconceptions. Let's ask Holy Spirit to reveal to us His truth about this. And uh, we're gonna keep talking about this next week. Uh, we're going to talk more about this issue of forgiveness and what forgiveness is and how to walk through forgiveness mm -hmm. and ask the Lord to help us. But right now, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us with the issue of these misconceptions and these blockages. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you're a good father. You give good gifts to your children. And one of the gifts that you give to us is the gift of forgiveness. You've forgiven us, Lord. We receive that and we thank you for that. And God, we're so grateful. We've done nothing to deserve your forgiveness. But you've been so kind to us and so compassionate and so forgiving. And now, Jesus, that we are your followers. We're following your footsteps. We're following your example. Holy Spirit, you're empowering us to do so. You are sanctifying us. You're making us into the image of Christ. So we just want to come into agreement with that and say, Lord, we need the power to forgive others. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to reveal by your grace and by your power where in our hearts, where in our thoughts that we have had these blockages, where we have had these misconceptions about forgiveness that have kept us from forgiving people. I ask you to highlight those to us right now in the name of Jesus. I believe right now, right now as we're praying, Holy Spirit is showing you, 
showing some of you right now what misconceptions, what lies about forgiveness that you have believed that have kept you from walking through forgiveness. I just ask you right now, just come out of agreement with those lies. Lord, we just come out of agreement with any lies. We break ties with any lies concerning forgiveness or unforgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, shine that light, shine that truth in our understanding, in our feelings, and in our hearts so that we can come into agreement with the work of forgiveness that you've done in our lives and the work of forgiveness that you want to do through our lives right now in Jesus' name. I just encourage you, right as the Holy Spirit is showing this to you, just say yes to it. Just say yes. Come out of agreement. Break agreement with the lies and come into agreement with God's truth. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.